Hi, this is Jacob here, and welcome to episode 26 of the Clown Chat Podcast. Now, I don't know how this is going to turn out. We're doing this a little bit differently today. I'm actually out on the road right now, so I'm hoping that this recording doesn't just sound like car and car noise and all that stuff. It might. I apologize if it does. We're experimenting today a little bit, um, you know, just to manage time efficiently and, and things like that. Um, I am driving through uh, York, Pennsylvania right now. Um, not gonna go beyond that, uh, just in case, you know, the wrong people are listening. Not gonna tell you where I'm going, but I am in York, Pennsylvania, and um, so, yeah. Um, uh, I just wanted to record this episode um, episode 26, I believe it is, we're going to talk about um, just more about what the Boston Celtics are going to look like next year and how it might resemble in some ways one very successful team from recent history and it's another reason to believe in this team next year. Um, I've already gone into some of the reasons in previous episodes, uh, you know, and I'll continue to do so in future episodes, but... Today we're specifically going to be talking about this team in relation to the 2018 team that was a game and a bunch of missed threes away from the finals. Um, The thing is, you know, there are some differences. There are some differences for sure, but it's not exactly the same players. But I'm going to kind of go player by player and kind of explain where we're at. So, obviously, the 2018 Celtics were tremendously successful. Um, They won in the playoffs. I know it was a weaker East. I know that. I know it was a weaker East. But, here's the thing. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were not even close to the players they are now. Tatum is a top 10 player in the NBA now. Brown is a top 15 player. Neither of them were anywhere close to that at that point. They were good. They showed signs they were gonna be stars, but they weren't that. So, that kind of makes up the difference to me. And it's like, you go player by player, right? So, that 2018 Celtics team had seven guys. So, had seven guys that really played in the playoffs. You had, the starting lineup was, I believe, Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, and Aaron Baines with Marcus Smart and Marcus Morris really the only guys getting any kind of bench time. I mean, so they only played seven, but that was a strong seven. So you go player by player, you have Jason Tatum, who is a way, way, way better version of what he was at that point. Jalen Brown, ditto. So that's already two for two. Al Horford is back. Welcome back to Al. I reacted to that in a previous episode as well. So I do encourage you to check that out if you haven't. And is Horford the same player as he was in 2018? No, he's not. He's not the same player. But I'll tell you, he's... Offensively, he's going to be able to do a lot of the same stuff. It's just defense and 
and that sort of thing is one area he may have he may slip a little bit. So you're downgrading a little bit there, but not enough to offset the rest of it, I don't think, uh, considering that he can fill the same role. And that's really the point here. Because the, the Jays have got it. They just need guys who are going to fill their role, and they can be really successful. So you've got Horford fits. Then you've got Marcus Smart. He's a better version of what he was at that point as well. He's someone who is going to lock you down on defense. We know that. And he's going to be able to pass. He's the best passer on the team. We know that. And he's going to be able to fill a bigger role than he really did on that team. And he was a great you know, bench option on that team. But he's going to be the starting point guard now, and he's going to be able to do that. So some roles are flipped a little bit, but you see, guys, you can see kind of see where I'm going. So you have an upgrade there, and and this is where it kind of uh, kind of will get a little bit interesting. So that's four for four. So, so, so four for four. That's four of the same play. Now you kind of start to get into the where the player comparisons come in. The first one we're going to do is. Evan Fournier and Terry Rozier. Are they going to be doing the same thing? Exactly, no. Rozier was the starting point guard on that team. And Fournier is probably going to be the sixth man. He might start, depending on the way roster construction ends up, but I think he's probably going to be best as the sixth man on this team. So... I'll tell you though, the one thing they are similar at, and the one thing they're both going to be able to do pretty well, they're both kind of those heat check guys offensively. They can get really hot, and they can get points in bunches, and then they can really support the Jays from a scoring standpoint. That's what Terry Rozier did, and that is what Evan Fournier is going to do on next year's team. Just did a little bit of a different role. But they're both going to do the same thing, essentially, just in, just in a, you know, a little, a little bit of a different way. So then you have, so then you have, um, this is not a great, this is probably the most different one we have, but it's a major upgrade to this year's team, I think, and that is uh, Robert Williams in, in the Aaron Baines spot. The one thing... Uh, Time Lord, as we call him, does not do is, is he doesn't shoot. But the reason why he fits, and, and this is a little bit of a different thing, I get it, but so you're not going to have the constant floor spacing at the five, but what you're going to have is Time Lord can pass. He can really pass the basketball. And he's going to be able to do a lot of the stuff Horford did in that. You know, Horford will do in that way. So and he is a game-changing interior defender. He's going to be able to do a lot of the defensive stuff that they may have asked out of Horford back in the day. So that role is kind of going to be, you know, filled up. Oh, what do we have here? It looks like traffic is slowing down. That's always fun. Why is it so crowded? I... People are really out these days, I'll tell you. I, I kind of miss COVID. Uh, I kind of miss COVID traffic, I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't miss COVID, but I miss I miss what it did to the traffic. Good grief. It is like bumper to bumper in like the middle of nowhere right now. 
like, I don't know. Anyway, so you have you have that, so that whole thing, you know, kind of fits. And then the one thing they still really need is the Marcus Morris piece. And maybe not exactly Marcus Morris, maybe a guy that can, you know, move the ball a little bit more. I'm gonna get over. All right. Um, maybe a guy that can move the ball a little bit more. Like, like the name I keep bringing up is Kyle Anderson. Um, I think from the Grizzlies, I think he'd be a perfect fit. He is a guy who can pass. He can defend. He's a versatile defender. He can score when needed. Like I, I like his game a lot. Um, if they go the MLE route, which I've heard more and more recent days could be a possibility, um, they just might not be able to get off of Tristan Thompson's contract. I hope they can. I hope they can flip that for something. But the problem is, I think the Celtics are after. They're trying to you know build this roster in a way so that they support the Jays role players now, but also retain the flexibility to go after one more big fish. And um, so obviously to do that, it's gonna be easier if you keep your picks. So they may not wanna trade another future pick um, for anything less than a star. So it might be hard to, to get a guy like Kyle Anderson. I'll say though, if you if you're okay with, with, with the tax bill and everything, and you're okay just having Tristan Thompson be on the team as insurance essentially. Then one name I have heard a lot of his days is Rudy Gay. Would Rudy Gay make sense in Boston in that Marcus Morris role? I think he could. Is he as good as Marcus Morris was? Then probably not. But he can do a lot of the same things. You know, he's a he's a big swing. So he's versatile in that way. And he's a guy who can be instant offense off the bench. So, you know, I'm interested in that. Alright, I almost had a truck come over on me, so that was fun. Um, but yeah, so Rudy Gay is a guy who can really fit on this team if they chose to choose to go that route. If they did that, they'd probably then pursue a point guard uh, for the veterans minimum. And then that would probably be the team. You know, maybe like a pass first point guard, you know, maybe an Alfred Payton type of player, you know, very imperfect player, but a player where, you know, he could be a, you know, a jolt of energy, you know, if called upon, you know, he could set up guys for buckets. So, that's what I'd say. So, and obviously, you know, there are a couple of guys in the team. Semi Ozily occasionally saw time as an eighth guy, you know, in those Eastern Conference Finals against the Cavs. He occasionally did. Um, he was, you know, he, his time, and he, he was the Celtic last year, obviously. I think his time in Boston has reached its conclusion. Um, he is not going to be back on this team. Like at the end of the day, he's he's a good player, but he's limited. And 
Well, he's not a good player. He's an NBA player. I'll say that. I don't know why I said he was a good player. He's not a good player. He's an NBA player. He's an NBA caliber player. He'll latch on to another team with the, on the veterans minimum, probably. Um, but he's just too limited for what this team needs right now. And his time in Boston has really probably run its course. And I mean, credit, you know, credit to him as a second round pick for sticking around this long. But it's just, it's just time. He's just going to be on another team next year. So, but, you know, Aaron Neesmith is going to be that, but way better. Aaron Neesmith can play. Aaron Neesmith is going to be a good NBA player. Romeo Langford will see. So this team has a chance to even be deeper than that team. Peyton Pritchard, you know? They've got some interesting young guys. So, you know, Moses Brown is another one. So, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be good, man. I, I keep saying it, you know. You look at the way this conference is next year, and you have, you know, obviously everybody is going to anoint the Nets. Everybody is going to anoint them. Every single person is probably... You know, 95% of people are probably going to predict them to win the conference next year. That's probably going to happen. And you know what? If they want to do that, that's fine. They can go do that. They can, they can go make that prediction. I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon. Everybody else, you have at it. You have fun. I'm not jumping on that. When you look at the year that Kyrie Irving has had, his last five years basically doing jack shit in the playoffs. He either gets hurt or he implodes every time. When you have Harden getting fat to force his way out, you don't know whether he's going to keep himself in shape. And then you have the, the Durant-Achilles question, which he was healthy at the right time this year. That went right for them. Is he going to be healthy at the right time next year? I don't know. So you can't just pen in that team to the finals. Like, no. You all can do that. Go go for it. Go. Go ahead. I'm not doing that. I'm not joining you. I don't think that. Then you have... Oh, and, and then, one. you know, there's even questions about the supporting cast. It's like, who are they going to be able to keep? Dinwiddie's gone. They're not paying the $100 million in tax to keep him. Bruce Brown will probably be back. Joe Harris is... You have to have great concerns about him under pressure in playoff in the playoffs. How's he going to do? He didn't do well this year in the playoffs. He missed open shots. All, you know, the pressure got to him. And there's a track record for this. In the world championship team, the one that all the Celtics players were on, um, Smart, Kemba, and the Jays, he was on that team too, and he bricked everything. Like, he stunk on that team in a pressure situation. So you just can't, you just can't pen in that team to me. People will, and I get that, I'm not going to. Then you have the, the Bucks. I know the, the Bucks are have made it this far, and I'm really rooting for them to win. I would love to see Giannis win a ring. 
I think in general, though, they are still, and they could still win again, but they are still at heart a choky, beatable team. They are. They can win any series and they can lose any series. The 76ers are the Bucks on steroids with that Ben Simmons problem. If they trade Ben Simmons for a piece that fits, that actually fits their team, I might be a little worried because Embiid is that good. But right now, no. Then you have the Hawks. I, you know, the Hawks are good. We'll see how they do tonight in, in game three. They're a good team. But I don't think they're a great team. I don't think they're going to be a definite bet to get back here next year. They'll be in the playoffs. Trey Young's really, really freaking good. Hats off to him. He's playing great right now for the most part. You know, to even get even get them to this point is really exceptional stuff. But the problem is, at the end of the day, they, you know, they came out of a weak bracket. They did. That Sixers choke show is what sent them here, not anything else. You know, that is the main thing. You know, obviously, credit to them for taking advantage of the opening. But it's the Sixers choke show that's the number one culprit of them being here. That's the number one reason. Miami is the sleeper to me. Miami has given this Boston team problems, as we know in the past. I do think some of that can be alleviated by the Horford return. And Robert Williams' emergence. Um, they'll be able to guard Bam a little better. But if Miami gets Kyle Lowry and, and fills that Jay Crowder role, that is a concerning team to me. I think that team is going to be, you know, right back in the mix next year. And then you have the Celtics team that so closely resembles this 2018 team to bring it full circle. This, Celtic, and, and this Celtics team's really freaking good, man. It's really freaking good. So I'd encourage, uh, I'd encourage you all to uh, give this team a chance. I would. So thank you for listening and, and have a great day.